It is Thursday, August 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, Doug Peterson's personal visor advisor. Thank you, Kai Stevens. J.P. Shatrick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday afternoon, a busy two hours ahead as the Jaguars prepare for the Dallas Cowboys coming up Saturday in Arlington. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. And coming up on the show today, preseason week one prep continues. Playing time questions. They have been answered by Doug Peterson this week. Roster spots on the line. Really, the exams are the preseason games. The classes are throughout the week, and you really get to shine under the lights of some of these games. Players making their debuts this week. And then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network will have the best of Doug Peterson's sound in the press conference from earlier in the week. We'll hear from Andre Sisco as well. Jaguars safety. Uh, J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Lagerman alongside. Good afternoon, Jeffrey. Hey, J.P. How we doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to, to have a week to where we kind of got uh, an opportunity to look at game evaluation, which is where you want to get to in the preseason. You know, in the first couple of weeks, it's kind of new and exciting the first week, and then once you kind of get – into the second week, it gets a little bit old watching the same guys go against the same guys. It sure, it gets old for those same, same guys, same too. Right? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Right. It really does. And so players are anxious and always excited to get that first game under their belt. Um, and a lot of players are going to have a lot of emotion because it's going to be their first game action for some of them, which can be very exciting. And, uh, and it's also it will provide a lot of reality for some people. Because this is a business, and not everybody is going to get equal reps. And that's just the nature of the beast. It's just the way it is. They can't divvy up reps equally amongst everybody. You mentioned reps. One of the questions this week, will the starters play? And if so, how long? Doug Peterson had an answer. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's important for them to play, uh, to feel the, you know, um, I think the excitement um, around a game. Um, you know, don't plan on playing them long at all, but uh, just want to get them, uh, get them in, get them out, and, and uh, you know, but yet still get get some quality work in. Well, Logs, this is going to be a, as vanilla of an offensive and really defensive scheme. Let's start on the offense, uh, though. You've got key pieces. You want to get everybody maybe a touch. Um, you want to keep the quarterback upright. If Micah Parsons is playing, you're going to see screens all over the field um, just to get it out of his hands. Um, but, hey, a, a nice sustained drive, spread the ball around, maybe get some points. If you get six, eight plays on a drive, you might not see him again. Yeah, and I think, you know, the if like what you're saying is that if you have a, a drive, for early drive in a ball game and it's 10 plays, 11 plays, 12 plays, and it's really good, then that's probably going to be it if it's a – three and out on the first drive and a three and out on the second drive, you may go three series, you know, just to, That's right. to try to find a way to end the game with some sec, some success and some productivity. And, and that mindset is definitely there. And, and uh, JP, the, the simplicity of first preseason games is about uh, as simple as you can get. 
I mean, game plans are really non-existent. You're not doing walkthroughs with cards to where you're looking at Micah Parsons. You're not game planning yeah. for a Micah Parsons. And if Micah Parsons plays, then your tackles are just going to have to block them. <laughs> right. I mean, or, yeah, or get rid of it quick. Right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's just that's, that's just part of the deal. And, yeah. uh, and the reason that they do that is they want to get a very strong evaluation where, where players are playing the game free without thinking. So they want to see the athleticism, the competitive nature, a player who can uh, be aware of some assignment responsibility but not become burdened with assignment responsibility. And, uh, and then, you know, in, in the next game, you know, you start to see game planning and then they get to evaluate from that aspect. And so every game represents kind of another stage or another level in the evaluation process. We know what this offense looked like last year, and it kind of evolved as it went on. But there was always motion and pre-snap things and changes at the line. All it will be none of that. Yeah, you won't have. I mean, you might have some motion, but you're not going to have a lot of stuff. You know, you're kind of simple, basic meat and potatoes of your offense. You're going to hand the ball off. You want to see how your linemen get movement. You want to see how your your uh, wide receivers, the young wide receivers block. Special teams is going to be a huge evaluation point in this game. So there's a lot of things that you're going to be looking at. And the one thing that you want to look at is players that are playing free. So you can evaluate the athleticism, the playmaking ability, and the talents of the players. Yeah, and then build upon that moving ahead or work on something on the practice field next week if need be and, and get some guys going. Yeah, and this is a great, I mean, this is a great atmosphere to have a, an evaluation in. I mean, look, Jerry's World, the stadium in Dallas, Fort Worth, whatever, wherever it is. It's in Arlington. Arlington is tremendous. <laughs> and it's a great environment for players to play in because, you know, part of the evaluation process is, is not only just evaluating the player, but also evaluating the player's ability and mental ability to handle some big moments and and I, I can tell you JP the first time that I ever played at the old Texas Stadium yeah in Irving it was a big deal it was like oh, you, you walk in you're like oh my god this is where the Dallas Cowboys play and it's going to still have a little bit of that I think emotion connected to it for some young players and so from the aspect of evaluating the player's ability to handle big moments this is also an opportunity uh, to have that and I, I hope that you know that there's a good crowd and generate a little of excitement and hopefully some of the Cowboys are playing in this game so you can see some ones against some ones before giving away to the backups you know the old line about the uh, hole in the roof at Texas Stadium and, and the retractable so one. God could shine down on the Cowboys yeah, so he could watch his favorite team play yeah right <laughs> uh whatever uh, it's Jaguars Happy Hour. We're on 1010XL AM 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com. We're on uh, Jaguars YouTube as well. Check us out on there. Hit us on Twitter. Oh, no. Oh, it's X now. It's not a tweet anymore. It's a post. And it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. It's a post on X. At JP Shadrick, at Logs56. Well, the I'm, Jaguars. I'm big on X. Uh, you're huge on there. Yeah. You're a social media maven. Yeah, I wasn't big on Twitter, but I'm big on X. It, 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 times change. Times they are a change in pads. Uh, pads in practice Saturday, Sunday, Monday earlier this week. The intensity ramped up a bit, and I get it's not like the old days. Baselli was in here the other day talking about that. But in this world, the NFL, and in this training camp for this Jaguars team, they kind of ratcheted things up 
um, you know, Sunday and then into Monday, they're doing live tackling really for the only time in training camp. And that's as intense as this. They set the tone, I think, for the physicality needed for this team. Well, and as Doug said, he said, you know, you want to you want to test and, and put these guys through a little bit of mental strain to see how they respond. And, and the team handled it very well. And what, what's interesting is I was having a conversation with general manager Trent Balky today about, you know, the, the old camps versus the modern day camp. And, and I was like, you know, I was kind of surprised that, that uh, in no pads today, you know, I was just joking around with him. I said, you know, we used to be in, in upper shoulder pads and have contact two days before a preseason game back, you know, in the day. And he kind of chuckled and he said, you know, he said the crazy thing is, is with the collective bargaining agreement the way it is now, that if you have three consecutive days in pads, you are required to have three days to follow without pads. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Doug took the opportunity to go three days to, to do that mental challenge part. But then on the other side of that, now you got to go three days of no pads, which day off they had mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and then no pads yesterday, and then no pads today. So that's three days. Yep. And then they'll, ha- I think, probably, they're not, nothing on the field practice official, I think, tomorrow, but walk through traveling. Yeah, yeah. walk through and then travel day. So, but, I mean, could you go full pads if you wanted to? Uh, well, I mean, probably, but you're trying to get ready. <laughs> can you imagine? Trying to get ready for a preseason <laughs> I game. I know somebody who would. Yeah, I don't know if that would go over very well. No, probably not. Hey, no. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. Those padded practices, uh, Logs, you know, we've talked a lot and heard a lot the last couple of weeks on the defensive side especially. Mike Caldwell talked about it, the Jags defensive coordinator, that the number one uh, real priority for this defense was tackling. They had some tackling issues a season ago that they've referenced. Um, well, you, it's hard to practice tackling. You don't get many opportunities. You know, tackling a, a dummy is different than – Well, you got to be creative. Right. Yeah, you got, How you, do you do that? Well, you, well, first of all, the first thing I think in when it comes to tackling is angles, angles of approach. When you take good angles, you put yourself in the best position to make a tackle. So teaching angles is part of it. The uh, form and fit, which you can't tackle, but you can get the body ready and in position to do that without following through with the physical part of the tackle. And then – I don't know if you happened to see after practice, I think it was on Monday, and which was pretty amazing to see, and that you know you just had three days in a row of padded practices, and then over on the far field, you got Foye Aluakun, Devin Lloyd, uh, Shaq Quarterman. They're working on tackling themselves, and they're on the single sled, and they're forming up and fitting it, driving it, and then turning the sled and dumping it. And so there's a way that you can practice tackling against an inanimate object, whether it be a pad somebody's holding for you, or whether it be the tackling sled, which is, I think, the best way to do it. But nothing beats live tackling against another human. because I can tell you, JP, look, tackling a sled or tackling somebody in a game or in, in a practice is not like tackling somebody in real time or in a real game. And yeah. You know, for example, I mean, look, if you're coming from the side and you're trying to tackle a, you know, an Eric Dickerson or an Emmett Smith and you don't get your hat across the bow, they're going to run through you like, you know, you're just a, 
you know, a little bag of talcum powder, which I speak from experience on. Oh, that. Eric Dickerson got you. Oh, huh? he, man, I, I had him lined up one time, JP. It was, uh, it was in New York, and I was coming off the edge of the goal line, and I had him unblocked full speed and was just going to, I was going to blow him up. I mean, I was going to send him to the other side of the field in the air. And all I remember is is him running right through me, and he just walked into the end zone. I didn't get my hat in front, and the uh, Eric Dickerson had an uncanny ability of running with strength, just like Emmett. He's big. He's a big, big tall guy, yeah, right? Big dude, but he ran upright. Yeah. So, you, th- you know, you thought it was going to be an easy target to just blow him up. No, no, it didn't work out that way. Big and fast and strong and those yeah, goggles was, and the whole deal. Well, he was he was special. I mean, Hall of Fame guy. I mean, you know, I mean, Emmett, Hall of Fame guy. I mean, these guys were so strong and they, you know, you think that you could just, you know, knock them down and make it look easy. It just it never worked out that way. But, you know, that that's the one thing I think with the change of training camps and practices. Look, everybody's doing it in the league, so it's not like anybody's at a disadvantage. Everybody has to work within the same system. So I'm not going to be one of these guys that they should go back to the old days and have more hitting, tackling, et cetera. Uh, is the tackling as good as it used to be in the first couple games of the season? No, but the game is different too. It's faster. It's more wide open. Mm-hmm. And so that creates a lot of challenges that weren't there or weren't in this game you know, 10, 15 years ago. Plenty ahead. We'll return with Trayvon Walker, Jaguars outside linebacker, and also a discussion about the interior of the D-line and the stoutness of that group up front and what logs you might expect against the run on defense this year. It starts right there in the middle of the defensive line. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Grow from my mentality last year, you know what I'm saying? I like to say I always had a dog mentality. It's just always, you know what I'm saying, the little things that I had to learn from last year as being a rookie, just coming into the league, to understanding a lot of different scheme things, mental things, and just how to switch up my game within the game and just elevate as a player. So it's still the same mentality, just trying to time to take it to a new level. The dog mentality for the former dog, Trayvon Walker, current Jag. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought Have to you, you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, glad you're with us. The Doug Peterson Show coming up at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll have the best of Doug Peterson from the week in his press conference earlier. We'll have uh, Coach Peterson live with us again week one before the Jaguars visit the Indianapolis Colts. Um, So, hey, Trayvon Walker, let's start with him. Going into year two, uh, they always say they know everything, but they are usually right about this. Year one as a rookie to year two in the NFL. Just overall, the world's calmer, right? You've seen everything once. You know where everything is. You know what you need to do to prepare for a game, and that's really the baseline for a lot of guys. Well, and you're also you're training for a football season where when you're a rookie, you are spend a lot of time training for combine, preparing for interviews, you're traveling a lot, and the focus isn't on ball in a lot of instances. And so, yeah, you get a big jump typically from year one to year two, and, and Trayvon is a big, strong dude, and he's really going to show – 
I think, more improvement and big improvement this year. You know, and he's uh, he's got the one tool that you just can't teach, which is the big and strong and toughness of a of a defender. You know, the one thing that you want to see with him is that progression of starting to advance the moves and pass rush and everything, and and I think that that will come in time. He's got uh, to learn to get on the edges of guys, and and I'm looking forward to watching how he plays this year. But it's not just him. I mean, it's there's other guys too. I mean, Josh Allen's got to get to his best form. You've got uh, some other guys at defensive tackle, tackle that are going to have to emerge. Can Roy Robertson Harris get better? Devon Hamilton has been really good pass rushing so far. Fadakasi. Um, Fadakasi last year was banged up a ton. Can he get back to being what they thought he was going to be when they acquired him in free agency? You know, and, and the one guy that – uh, is intriguing to me, and today he was wearing a red jersey, and that's uh, the rookie, and Abdullah, Abdullah yeah, who yeah. I think has a, a lot of natural pass rush ability, and he had a lot of success with it in college. He's in concussion protocol, by the way. That's why the orange jersey today. But, um, you know, maybe he'll be back fairly soon. Um, you know, back to, to Walker. What have you seen in those one-on-one drills that you've seen out there um, against the offensive linemen? That's where you'll start to see some of those moves emerge. Have you seen more out of him in those instances? You're seeing him try some different things, and that's really what a lot of that pass rush is for. You know, Because as a pass rush, you don't know what works until you try something new, and a lot of times it's, it's not comfortable when you first do it. And the, the best pass rush are the ones that feel natural and reactionary. And, and that takes time to accomplish that. So you may end up having a move, say, hey, I'm going to try a spin move on this play. But in reality, the best spin move that you have is a reaction to an offensive tackle that's oversetting you instead of a plan, I want to work the spin move. But the only way that you learn to have it become reactionary is to intentionally try it on a particular pass rush move. But I think he's gotten better to where he's starting to work on the edges and sometimes that's a hard lesson to learn because, you know, it's not something that comes natural to some people. But the one thing that's natural to Trayvon is the strength, the power, the athleticism. And he has a tool bag that a lot of guys just don't have. And so I think he's got an incredibly high ceiling. And, uh, and I like where his floor is at because he's got the ability to do some really good things against the run, to push the pocket, to be powerful. Uh, but the tool bag needs to grow. And that's all part of the growth process. Caleb on Chazon Logs is in his fourth, fourth year. season. Fourth season contract fourth year? year for him. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they didn't pick up the option. And so, right. I mean, this is a big year for him. And Has he, he shown anything different? Yeah, you know, he's actually done some good things in pass rush. I mean, he's, he's shown – the one thing that Caleb on didn't really show a lot in the first – you know, three years of his career, he didn't really show that he's a physical player. And I think over the last two years, he started to develop a little physical nature about him where he's using his pass rush technique of power to set some other things up. And, uh, and that's good to see. You know, and a lot of people say, ah, you know, he's, he's a bust and they're going to give up on him. But look, there's a, you know, Jerry Hughes was a guy, and I bring him up just because, I mean, he was one of these guys that was a late bloomer. He was a first-round pick of the Indianapolis Colts. And he really didn't do anything for the Indianapolis Colts. He didn't do anything until he got to the Buffalo Bills, and then all of a sudden he blossomed. And I'm not saying that Caleb on is going to do that, but sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer to develop, and I hope that he's one of those guys. But right now, if I had to pick out 
my four best pass rushers on this team, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to take – Are you going to start at four or one? What do you mean? We're ranking them, right? No, no, I'm not You're ranking just picking them. Four. I'm, I'm just four guys. Just I'm going to line up with four guys. No particular order. No particular order. These are my four guys that I would love to see line up. And right now, Devon Hamilton in the middle. He's been yeah. getting great push. Sure. I'm going to have Trayvon in the middle. In the middle. Because I think his that combination of athleticism and, and power would be very well suited to being an inside pass rusher when you get to second long and third long. Okay, those are two. Josh Allen okay. and then Yasir Abdullah. Abdullah. My two outside guys. Interesting. Okay. Those are your four right now. Those are my four right now. That can change. I mean, it can change. It's early in camp. Yeah, I mean, it can change. I mean, change. it's not even preseason week one. But, I mean, those are the guys right now that are showing me the best. And Devon Hamilton's been like, Brandon Sheriff can't stop him. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, here we go. Uh, and he's just powering Sheriff back into the, pretty good sound back into the pocket. Sounded like police academy. And he's something. been doing that to, to everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's doing that to – uh, to the backup guards, Blake Hans. He's done that to Fortner. And by the way, Fortner, just a quick note on him. You heard me talking last week about how he worked on the functional strength. I'm going to tell you right now, it's showing. Uh, his power in one-on-one pass rush is dramatically better, dramatically better than last year. Yeah. I mean, it's like wow better, impressive. That's that's much better. Like wow, better is much better. Well, yeah, I mean, I couldn't <laughs> really descriptive <laughs> way yeah, to do, to do that. <laughs> it's Jaguars Happy Hour. We're on Tinted XL AM ninety two point five FM Jaguars dot com Jaguars YouTube anywhere you want us, you can get us. We're glad you have us here today. All right, let's move to – we talk about the pass rush all the time. That's really the hot topic right now outside the building. A lot of fans are like, hey, what's going on with that? How can they improve it? But we talked about a lot of those interior guys. This Jags defense last year was pretty good against the run. Mm-hmm. Stout in the middle, even without Fatakasi there. They had a stretch. They, were, they weren't good. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they were – they were pretty good. They finished at 12th in yards per game against the run. I think they were even better than that in yards per play. I think fourth in the league in yards per play uh, in rushing. So this is a group that should be good against the run. Well, and, and look, uh, here's the reality. I mean, look at some of these numbers here, you know, 12th in points allowed, which ultimately that's the number one stat, you know, because it's a points game, right? I mean, yeah. that's how you win. It's a passing league, so you, you you look at the rush defense and 12th ranking and you feel really good about it, but it's a passing league, right? Well, on pass defense, you're 28th. You know, third down percentage, 29th. I mean, those are near the bottom. I mean, those are the areas that you've got to get better at, and how do you do that? Well, it's rushing cover. The one thing that you really love is the takeaways, 27 of them. Sure. And I think that was a category that really kind of allowed this defense to survive in a lot of the games that they played. And uh, so you hope that they were able to replicate those numbers from last year as far as the takeaways and then get better in third down and pass rush and pass defense. You know, I said this on uh, Huddle Up yesterday, available on Jaguars.com, the official team website, by the plug, way. Plug, plug. Uh, you, you, you said it right there, too. The Jags were 24th in total defense. If they're only 29 yards better per game, mm-hmm. 29 fewer yards, they're in the top 10 in the league. In defense. That's 29 how close yards per game. Less. If yeah, they allow. Per game. That's right. 
on average. But less. if you do the mass, multiply that by 17. I'm just saying, if they, if it's 30 <laughs> yards less per game, one one extra drive, you don't give. Well, up. that's two explosive plays essentially. That's right. Okay, so, so if you if you're a little bit better, all of a sudden the the perception changes. Oh, top 10 defense. Right. You know. Well, and that's how fine a line it is on defense. Well, and how how do you get the improvement? Okay, and you know, with the offense, you got high draft picks on offense. On defense, you know, they didn't draft defense until you get a little later in the draft, and there was some towards the end of the draft and didn't go out and get a lot, a ton of guys and, and really any guys in free agency for the most part. So they're expecting improvement in, by two ways. One is the development of the roster that they have, and it's also the development of the coaching staff that they have, allowing everybody to get to year two and improve across the board. And and you hope that that's, that works, and I think it will work. And uh, but it's not easy to do, you know. The I think the easy thing to do right now is to is to sit there and scream, "Where's the defense? Where's the defense? Where's the pass rush? Where's the coverage?" I mean, and, and look, uh, that's what they have preseason for. And then this is, I think, this defense is going to be able to take some steps. But they've got to be able to take some steps without relying on the takeaways to sustain that success. Because takeaways are a funny thing. You know, you go back to just to look a little bit back in the Jaguars history 2017 which was arguably I don't even think it's arguable I think it was the best Jaguars defense in its history I mean tremendous I mean at one point in 2017 with AJ Boy and Jalen Ramsey at corner Calais Campbell Malik Jackson to Sean Gibson on the back end and I mean, a bunch. Uh, the two edge rushers Josh was a rookie yeah. at that point um, Nangakwe was there yeah. I mean this defense Pazlodin was on believable and the numbers were literally almost at the all-time greatest level like bears of 85 the ravens of 2000 on pace those those numbers i mean just unbelievable then all of a sudden the the next year you still had the same personnel but the takeaways weren't there and the ranking dropped significantly when the takeaways weren't there so that's how important important takeaways can be to a defense so this year, you hope that you get the improvement overall and you still maintain that category of takeaways. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. And when we return, Kai Stevens, Jaguars reporter, joining us. We'll get her take on camp this week and much more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Uh, to get the game plan against another opponent, go against uh, new guys. That's not your own teammates, so you can really just let it all loose. So I'm excited to go out. Anton Harrison, Jaguars' right tackle. Doug Peterson said he might play a little longer than the starting group. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We're on Tension XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. If you want us, you can find us almost anywhere. Kai Stevens is with us. She's found us in studio. Hi, Kai. You guys have a lot more jazzy music than we have in the morning. We're a little more punchy, but you guys are like... Punchy? Happy hour club music. Well, yeah, that's the whole idea. It's a party over here. We're not in charge of that. (laughs) It's true. Some guy by the name of Joe. We couldn't let JP pick. I know that much. Uh, Well, I mean... 
Uh, yeah, you don't want me picking No, we that. don't want you. No Chase. chance. Not at all. got to keep our viewers and listeners awake, right? JP's got great wow. taste in music. Did you know that? No, I come in some morning because JP, she, let's, story time. JP gets ahead. here at like 6 a.m. Uh-huh. So I, I stroll in and he's just got his stroll own little personal like, concert at, going on. At like oh, nine. Yeah. At like nine. After I, I get hassled by security trying to get in the building. But <laughs> anyway. yes. Um, yes, JP has his music going, but I've never, well, well, you want to pick the music next week? You've never we'll asked. Just... You 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 never ask what it is. Well, I'm not going to share it here. It's not a big deal. Okay. But whatever. Hey. All right. Next show. We'll Fine. get there. One of these days. If, if, if you ever wanted to play, name that tune. I want him on my team. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. He's he's good now. I, I, if if we could have like a team of three, I got, I'm going to take I'm going to take JP and I'm going to take Joe Fortunato. Yeah, Joe knows everything. Our producer Joe knows all the things. Yeah, we'd go undefeated, I think. On yeah, that you guys are pretty good. Yeah. You guys would be carrying me. I don't know about that. Yeah, you would. Uh, Anton Harrison hopefully is in time carrying this offensive line. He's going to get some time at right tackle. Going to get a lot of it. He was at the podium today. We just saw and heard it. If you're watching on Jaguars.com, you saw it. If you're on radio, you heard it. But hey, he's excited to get out there, Kai, and we're excited to see him. Absolutely. It's a first-round pick, so you definitely want to see what you have. We've seen him a little bit in practice. He's been dealing with that shoulder injury, so we weren't sure if we are going to see him, but Doug Peterson said we would see him with the ones, and he probably will stay out a little bit longer just so we can all get a look at at what's going on. But he's just, from what I've seen, been really good at – you know, asking questions. He's always like trying to, you know, work with some, obviously the offensive line is very talented and kind of working with someone at all times. And what I thought was interesting is like, you forget how young they are because he was talking a little bit, he's from Washington DC. So he's like, oh yeah, I grew up watching Sheriff, you know, on my hometown team. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're like very young. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the impressive thing about him and, and, and the thing that I'm most excited about what, about what Doug Peterson said is that He's going to play, but then he's probably going to play longer than the ones. And a lot of people say, well, why, why would you be excited about that? Because he's going to play more? I'm excited because that means that the shoulder is okay enough to be able to play longer. Yeah, true. He missed, what, three days? Okay, three days? he missed some time, yeah. and he's wearing what uh, looks like a um, – uh, a lot of times when guys get shoulders, they wear this device that goes around their chest, and then there's a cuff that goes around the arm, and there's a connector – that connects between the stuff that's around the torso to the arm, so it, it limits the range of motion of that shoulder. So when you see a guy wearing something like that, your concern is, uh-oh, you know, he's got a pretty significant shoulder thing. Well, when the head coach turn around, turns around and says, hey, look, he's going to play with the ones, you know, he's going to be good to go, and then he's probably going to play more, I'm sitting there going, all right, that means the shoulder's good enough. You know, I mean, that because, look, I mean, first-round pick, and all of a sudden he's missing time with the shoulder – uh, shoulder and an offensive lineman are not best friends, okay? I mean, that's the one part of the body you want to be good. You can play with little nicks and bruises and bumps and, and other aches and pains at other joints, but shoulders is you know, pretty important with an offensive lineman, especially tackle. I think you just want to see him out there running around, He's too. so I mean, athletic. Yeah. I, I don't know. Was I telling you today? But anyway, I was telling somebody that there was a play in practice that Anton – and so he's in a two-point stance, which is pass pro stance, Okay. And most, and most guys, when they're in a two-point stance and it's a run play, they kind of give it away, okay? They're kind of leaning and they're not looking like they're going to kick out and to a 45-degree angle for a pass set. So he is, is really disguising it well. And from that two-point stance, the play that was actually called was a run away from him. So his job 
from a two-point pass pro stance was to slide his body and cut off a three-technique defensive tackle. There ain't many dudes in the league that can do that athletically, and he did it like effortless. And I'm going, oh, my God, that was awesome. But, I mean, that's the kind of athleticism that he has. Great feet, great hands, great finisher. That's the things that I, I got from his college tape. The one thing I think that he's still got to grow into is that body. And he's and he, a little more lead in the pencil, so to speak, so that when he takes on a bull rush, he can throw the anchor out and sit it down and stop a guy. But that will come in time. I mean, look at Josh Wells' body now. Kai, we saw him Absolutely. when he was a young man. Yeah. How different is his body now from when he was a young man? He player? was a skinny little guy. Right. Really, not that little, but he was, you know what I mean, compared to now. For alignment, he's been in the yeah. weight room for 10 years. So, right. guess so what? Like, like Anton, what is he, 21? 22, young yeah. player, right? Yeah. I mean, give him a couple years to, to even mature more, and, and it's kind of crazy. We're saying that about a 315-pounder. I know. It's so fun. But you couldn't tell. He, like, he's true. so tall. It, he doesn't carry it like that. It's yeah. not like you know, an average height person that's 300 pounds. I love him. I, I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to get better over time, and, uh, and, and he's got the right mindset. Yeah, he takes – advice from some of those guys so i talked to josh wells today after practice and he said a it's the best feet he's ever seen on a young guy feet yeah oh yeah Uh, okay unbelievable that's one thing but they've grown very close and you know it's basically wells part of wells's job is to carry it on down to the young guys including the first round pick who's playing at right tackle and josh wells has plenty of time there as well so he understands his role but the fact that anton is is open to these veteran players like Sheriff and like Wells and uh, even Walker Little on the left side. Cam's been at it. I know has been around him a lot on the practice field. That's, that's a good group to learn from. And I, I just – I also, he was talking to us and he said, you know, I like to ask questions. There's some people that are just, you know, scared or, you know, not ready, not quite there. And he's like, oh, no, I bug them all the time. I'm always asking them how they do it, why they do it that way. And that's what you want, right? And people say this about Tank as well, like – just being a sponge, absorbing everything you're around. Obviously, you're in the NFL. You've never been there before. You're just going to be a learning curve. But he does a great job of just being like, all right, how much can I learn every single day, learn something new, and try to pick this up as quickly as I can? Which is a great sign. I mean, the guys that come in that think they know, those, That's are, not it. those are not the guys you want to have on your football team. You want the guys that are coming in the door and saying, look, I don't know anything. And it's better to keep my mouth shut and my ears open so that I can learn and get better. And and that's the kind of player that he is. And that's good to see. A young player who is hungry and he wants to learn. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150 loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Kai Stevens. You know, to go back to that thing when I said about Anton, there's a reason that we have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> right? Zip it. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially for young players. I mean, use those two ears, okay, and don't use that mouth a whole lot. We mentioned uh, two Utes already uh, in Harrison and in Bigsby, but uh, who else are you excited to see finally get on the grass out of here Saturday? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, they had 13 draft picks. There's a lot of and undrafted free agents, so there's a lot of people right. to see. I, I hope that, you know, some of the higher draft picks, Tank, Brenton Strange, that they play a 
decent chunk of time because you don't know what they are yet, right? We've seen them practice and it looks good, but I have no idea what that's going to look like in a real game. So at least see a little bit of that. I think some of, you know, Antonio Johnson, some of the – his name's popped up all over the place. Of course, and every and of out of everyone, out of Doug, out of you know everybody's been talking about him. So just to see kind of how they use him as well, right? Because you know we've heard about him on special teams, we've heard about him on defense, and and uh, just the roles that they put everybody in. Parker Washington is return, maybe returning kicks and punts. Like we've seen him doing a lot of that, and just how they use everybody, right? So seeing how it looks in a real game. Yeah, because you got to try it out in a game and see, and if they can't do it, then okay, let's adjust and move forward. There's gonna be. There's going to be some guys that don't make the active roster that other teams are going to be sitting there waiting in Little East. I think there's a lot of people that aren't going to make this roster that are going to end up on a different roster. Absolutely. I mean, the wide receiver group is talented, I mean, from top to bottom. I mean, one of the guys that, you know, that may not make this team, and I think he's got a shot, is the big tall guy, okay, Jacob Harris. I mean, Jacob Harris gives this wide receiving group something that they don't have, that – Six foot five, rangy, big guy, you know, because most of the guys are a Ridley, a Kirk, a Zay Jones. These are smaller types, you know, and then when you get down to that number five wide receiver, he's got to be a special teams guy. So with Harris having some size, I mean, maybe that's an advantage, but, you know, here's the reality. If you keep him, who are you not going to keep? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Parker Washington. He's going to make it very gonna difficult. Make it. Who's Parker's going to make it. I mean, he's a slot pick. guy, draft pick, right? Agnew. Tim Jones can play every position. And special teams guy. I mean, it's, that, so you really have, let's see, Ridley's, Ridley's on the team. He's going to make it. Uh, he Zay, has a chance. Say Jones, Christian Kirk, um, Jamal Agnew. That's let's four. say Parker Washington's five. five. All the rest of these guys are battling for a sixth spot. Toss up. Yeah, you don't, you don't typically see a team keep seven. Six is like the top, typically the top number. Because you need, you're going to need running backs. You got four tight ends, most likely that can make it. Well, and you know, that's yeah, it. I mean numbers game. Four tight ends. You know, could it be three? I mean, there's a chance. That would be even harder for me to make a decision, I think, than the wide receiver choice. And, and if, if you four. if you keep three, t- let's just say tight ends, can you slide? Can you sneak one of those guys somewhere that they don't? Get claimed. Well, maybe you know? practice squad, but the the one got, they still got to clean the clear waivers. So. The one position that I think that the coaching staff are going to be watching incredibly closely is cornerback. I mean, that's the one position that you you know kind of who your first two guys are, and then after that you don't know. And so these games, these preseason games, these upcoming practices against the Detroit Lions. This is going to be incredibly important for that position group's evaluation because, to be honest with you, JP, I don't really have a leader beyond the top two guys right now in my mind. Let's play some ball. Figure it, it out. Let's do it. Right? I'm excited. And, and in Dallas as well. You ever been? Bright, bright lights, big stage. City, not the, not the stadium, though. Oh. Very excited. You have it, – it's, it's the most incredible – Stadium in the National Football League. I mean, it's it's just it's white glove crystal. I mean, it's <laughs> it's impressive. You know the all the fan amenities that are at field level, the uh, both sides of the end zones, the upper decks, the number of suites. I mean, it's it is tremendous. You will be impressed. Excited to see it. Kai, well done as always. Thanks for having me. We'll see you next week. We will, and we'll have game...
things to talk about. Yeah, as that's well. right. This is very exciting news. You'll contribute to our pregame radio coverage as well, and uh, you'll be on the sidelines for radio. I will right? be on the sidelines for radio on Saturday, and then we're coming back for like a day, and then we're going to Detroit for joint practice. So we'll have yeah. all our Jags AM shows there Wednesday and Thursday. Sounds like a plan to me. We'll talk to you, Kai. Let's do it. Thanks, Kai guys. Stevens with us. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water. It's worth saving. The injury report and much more coming up. Then at 5 o'clock, the Doug Peterson Show. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Even the young guys from last year, you know, you, you look at you know Chad Muma as a young second-year linebacker who's going to get plenty of you know, plenty of time, not only in preseason, but the regular season. You look at um, the young secondary guys who are going to get a lot of opportunities this spring or this uh, this this training camp. Um, and that's encouraging, and it gives you depth on special teams, you know, and there's some, there's some key roles there that we can fill. So I think we're in a better position than we were a year ago, uh, depth-wise, um, and it'll be – you know, it'll be difficult at the end to, to make some some challenging you know decisions. That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, of course. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, glad you're with us. More from Doug coming up at 5 o'clock on the aptly named Doug Peterson Show hmm. on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll uh, hear plenty from Doug in his press conference earlier this week. Uh, he'll be back with us in studio week one when the Jaguars visit the Indianapolis Colts to kick off the regular season. A lot going on. Training camp schedules are nuts. So uh, we're giving him a few weeks off. That's okay. We're giving it to him? Yeah. We're giving him time so, off? Throwing him a bone. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah. Coach is, is that just how a, it works? a bit busy. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, the coaching football. Yeah, that's the most important I mean, thing. that – I, I will say just real quick. I mean, the demands of being a head coach in the National Football League are unbelievable. I mean, think about how many different moving parts there are to the football as an organization goes for the football operation at this time of year, with just the number, the sheer number of people. And uh, I mean, heck, you got ninety guys. You got ninety-one. Because they got ninety-one with the exemption, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then you have uh, the staff is expanded for training camp to be able to handle the additional number of players, the uh, the Just demands, interns, we have interns yeah. all across the board. You have walkthroughs, meetings, you're uh, scheduling and planning for trips, etc. I mean, it's media. I mean, it's it's like never ending. I mean, it, I, I admire the guys that that do that job well because it is a lot on their plate. It's not just coaching ball. I mean, it's management is what it right. is. And, and how people handle it, you know, and tremendous amount of respect for Doug because he handles everything with such class and, and a nice calmness. You know, guys, That's nice right. – I mean, even, he's, you know. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I'm sure those wheels turn inside, though. You, for a guy that successful and, oh, and yeah. that um, smart of an offensive mind, I mean, it's always moving in there. But he, he's cool as can be mm -hmm. on the outside. Yeah. He, he hides cool. some frustration That's very right. well yes. sometimes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all coaches have it. All people have it some, sometimes. That's for sure. Hey, it's time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. 
the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three players in concussion protocol, according to the team this afternoon. Tyson Campbell had the orange jersey off today and was out there practicing, but still is officially in the protocol. You mentioned Yusir Abdullah, outside linebacker, rookie. He's in it now. Samus Reyes, the uh, big Chilean tight end, is uh, in there as well in the concussion protocol. Of course, Ben Barch and Dewan Smoot both in the uh, physically unable to perform active list. Uh, Tyler Shatley still off to the side after his AFib episode earlier in the week. Uh, no real timetable from the team on Shatley's return. Um, you maybe could see Bart sometime in the near future. We'll see what happens with that. And then Smoot, um, uh, maybe into the season for him. Yeah, I think Smoot's going to be a, a you know quite a ways into the season. Um, I, I think I think Bart may be back next week possibly. Hey. That'd be good. You know, I so know he's kind of chomping at the bit to get out there. He's working. You, we watch him work on the side. I mean, the guy's been, I mean, just getting after it on the side. You know, when I say on the side, he's not wearing pads or a helmet or anything because you can't on PUP. But uh, he's working uh, some individual type drills with trainers and the strength and conditioning staff. I mean, he, he's definitely uh, looks, I mean, just with the eye test, it looks like he's really close to being ready to go. And that would, you know, hey, get him out there. He started the year last year, and there's all these this talk about, oh, hey, Walker Little's practicing at left guard, and what happens when Cam comes back, you slide automatically in. Well, if Barch is fine, and he's playing good ball, and he's healthy, then that's a moot point, right? Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, it's, look, here's the reality. Ben Barch hasn't played football in a long time, okay? And he's coming back from – a pretty significant knee injury that he sustained last year. So just, you know, assuming, okay, he's back doesn't mean that he's going to be back to form. He's got to be able to uh, to get back to playing football and, and making sure that the leg is strong and, and it's not a thought. Now, when you come back from a significant knee injury, I've had to do it, you think you're ready when you're doing all these kind of drills on the side, but then it's the things that you don't think about is where that has to start to come naturally. You know, where your knee and the muscles are all firing without you sitting there going, you know, make it fire, make it fire, and being conscious about it. So, I mean, it's you can't assume that he's going to be back and be 100%. You can't assume that he's going to be back and immediately pick up where he left off before the injury. So there's going to be some work that needs to be put in to get back to that level for him. And, uh, you know, could Shatley hold on to it? I mean, possible Shat too. I mean, that is a possibility. Shatley played really well last year. You know, could you end up having uh, Walker Little move to left guard? I mean, that's all hypothetical. You know, maybe he's playing well enough to where he's not, you're not going to move him. <laughs> There's just so many different things that you don't know. I think as a coaching staff and as a personnel staff, you just have to let your eyes tell you what you need to do. Some football has to happen. And it hasn't happened yet. It's been a couple of weeks of camp, but it, all these games kind of change things. But, but I'm excited for, for Barch to get back. Oh, sure. A couple of reasons. Yeah. One, I mean, look, it's, it's no fun not playing football when you get injured. But if you looked at where he started his rookie season to where he was, was getting last year, I mean, he had made tremendous improvement. I think the year before I, I said that he was one of the most improved players that I've seen in a long time in this organization. He, I thought he did a tremendous job. And so I'm excited for him to get back to playing football 
uh, because he's still a young player that I think has a uh, he's got a lot of things to to help this football team with. Three quick things you want to see Saturday. Go. Well, number one, you want to see the team look organized, which I expect nothing less than that from a Doug Peterson coach football team. I want to see a team that plays fast and I want to see a team that plays tough because that's what football is. It's a tough game. If they're playing fast, then that means they're playing free. And in the first game, that's you want to see organization, playing fast, and being tough. And I think if you can accomplish those three things in the first game, it's a great start. Doug Peterson show coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll, of course, hear plenty from uh, Doug Peterson in his press conference earlier in the week. We'll also hear from Andre Sisco. I had a chance to catch up with the Jags' third-year safety, uh, really his second year on the field. Didn't get much time at all, obviously, in uh, 21. Uh, at the end of the season, he did after there was a coaching change and he was out there all last year. He has been in the weight room this offseason, Logs, and looks like a totally different player out there. Well, and he, he looked great last year. Yeah. I mean, he's – But he's just bigger now. Physically, last year he was like, you know, very in great shape, and this year he looks in great shape as well. And uh, and I'm looking for big things from Cisco because the one thing that he has, which you don't need a lot of big muscles to do, he's got great ball skills. I mean, his his ability to make plays on the ball and to catch the ball, uh, he might have missed his calling at some point, and maybe I don't know exactly which coach made the move to take him away from wide receiver to move him to safety. But I mean, he's got great ball skills. And most corners, DBs would claim, oh, yeah, I could play. They all receiver. think they can. Right, until – But they can. Yeah. Cisco, I guarantee you that you could move him to play wide receiver slash tight end because he's a little bigger. Um, and, he, and he's got great hands. You wouldn't worry about him having many drops. You like these safeties on this team? I love them. I think, them. I think it's one of the strongest position on the entire football team. You, I mean, you, gotta, you got guys that literally if, – if you lost your front-line guys – you'd feel really good about the second team at both positions being starters for that. Coming up next, Jaguars Radio Network coverage of the Doug Peterson Show. Our thanks to Kai Stevens, Joe Fortunato on the audio side, Brent Reber on the video. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Happy Hour.